We're building the best internet talk radio on the planet. I'm sorry, this is effective when? It's effective now. TalkZone.com Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's a scary thought. One moment you feel fine, and seconds later, you're suddenly disabled. It could happen if you have a stroke. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey gets the facts we all need to know from a top expert. Thanks, Chris. It's called the silent killer. Stroke is the leading cause of serious long-term disability in this country. How much do you know about it and whether you're at risk? Well, Dr. Lewis Kaplan is a professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School and chief of the Division of Cerebrovascular Disease at Beth Israel Medical Center in Boston. He's also written a book called Stroke. Dr. Kaplan, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. Let's start with just the most basic information. Tell us exactly what a stroke is. The term comes from the word stricken. It means somebody suddenly develops an injury to their brain that's related to the blood vessels that supply energy to the brain. And there are many different kinds of strokes, right? Yeah, the two most common are either bleeding, that is the blood vessel breaks and blood goes around the brain or in the brain, or a blood vessel blocks and that cuts off important nutrients to the brain, mostly oxygen and sugar. And so if the brain doesn't get a ready supply of, of nutrition, uh, parts of it die. Heart attacks seem for some reason to get more attention in the media, but stroke is certainly a major killer in the U.S., isn't it? Absolutely. In, in the civilized world, it's really the second or third biggest killer. But even more important, it's a more long-term cause of disability. You know, a lot of people who've had a stroke then after that are sometimes partially disabled. The other thing is, you know, if you ask people what they really fear most when they get a little bit older, they really say two things. One is cancer with a lot of pain. The other is to be somehow disabled and not able to think or speak or hear or understand or remember or use their limbs or walk. So stroke really is more feared. I think most of us think of strokes striking primarily older people, but that is not necessarily the case always. No, I take care of a lot of children and adolescents and 20-year-olds, and actually even I just heard a talk about neonates and infants. So, see, stroke is very heterogeneous. It's very varied because there are lots of different causes, as opposed to heart attacks, which usually have just one cause, blockage of coronary arteries. So strokes can occur for lots of different reasons, and the reasons are very different at different ages. One thing that I found interesting and certainly surprising is that more women than men die from strokes. Yeah, I think that's partly age-related. It turns out that heart disease seems to occur about a decade or so before stroke. So men, particularly in their 40s and 50s, are more likely to have heart attacks, whereas strokes occur more commonly in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and there are just more women who are still alive in their 80s and older age group. A figure that most people don't realize is stroke kills 10 times more women than breast cancer, yet it gets a lot less attention. How does someone know if they're at risk for a stroke? There are a number of very well-known risk factors. They include high blood pressure, which is probably the most important risk. Diabetes is a very important risk. If you have high cholesterol, it's an important risk. If you're very overweight, if you smoke cigarettes, if you're very inactive, if you take drugs like cocaine or amphetamine, if you have heart disease, congenital or valvular, or have had a heart attack, and probably underestimated is if you have a strong family history of heart disease or stroke, 
uh, then you're at more risk than people who don't have those risk factors. You know, there are emails that circulate around the Internet, and they seem to make their rounds over and over again. There's one that I've gotten a number of times that I just wanted to uh, to get your reaction to. It says, doctors say any bystander can recognize a stroke by asking three simple questions. Ask the individual to smile, ask him or her to raise both arms, and ask the person to speak a simple sentence. If he or she has trouble with any of these tasks, call 911. Is that good information? It's a pretty good screening test. I mean, you know, people are trying to get people into the hospital faster. So the issue is not only a bystander, but, you know, family members. How do you know if somebody is having a stroke? Well, I mean, the simple answer is their brain doesn't work. So they can't think clearly. They can't speak clearly. They can't use their limbs or see clearly. I mean, any of those things could be a stroke. The problem is, and people don't understand this, that the brain is very different than other organs. You know, in almost every other organ... Everything is the same. So if you take a piece of muscle or liver or spleen or kidney, everything looks the same and kind of acts the same. In the brain, there are different areas that do different things. So in one part of the brain, maybe vision and another speech and another control of the limbs. So they're very different symptoms. If someone thinks they are having a stroke, obviously they should call 911 right away. But how important is it to get to the emergency room quickly? It's very uh, important because people have said time is brain. In other words, if you block a blood vessel and the brain isn't getting enough blood, if blood is restored quickly, the brain can be saved. And also, the thing that's causing the stroke can often be repaired. For instance, if you have a problem with your carotid artery or blockage in any other artery or a tear in an artery or you're having a heart arrhythmia, those things can be treated and further stroke can be prevented. So getting there quickly helps reduce brain damage and helps the doctors recognize what the problem is so that things don't occur later. Really, diagnosis and quick diagnosis requires the presence of doctors who are very experienced in stroke. It also requires a lot of technology. I mean, there are machines now that safely and quickly can show pictures of the brain and the blood vessel. So if you have a stroke, let's say you're in a big city, you want to go to the major academic centers that specialize in stroke rather than the local place. You mentioned cholesterol a moment ago. Tell us more about that relationship between cholesterol and the risk of a stroke. Yeah, it's not as prominent as in heart disease. But what people have learned is that the drug that's most commonly used to treat cholesterol, that is statins like Lipitor and Zocor, they also have effect on the lining of blood vessels. So they reduce vascular disease. Now, one of the things that people are doing now is taking, for example, pictures or ultrasound of the carotid arteries. And if they show plaques, or if you have plaques in other arteries, many people are using these statins to reduce plaques, not just to lower cholesterol. And it turns out, like a lot of other factors, we cite normal levels, but the lower it is, the better. In other words, there have been people with cholesterol 180, which is a normal level, under 200, that have been treated with statins and have kind of better outcomes. The same thing, by the way, is probably true of blood pressure. In other words, we now know that cited normals are less than 140, but we now know also if your blood pressure is 130 or 120, you have a better outcome. And the same thing probably to a weight. I mean, there's not one normal weight, but the thinner you are, unless you're really very skinny, probably the better you are. Once someone has a stroke, let's say they lose partial use of one side of their body, maybe their speech is affected. What percentage of patients can recover from something like that? Well, most people have some degree of recovery. It depends a lot on what the cause is and how big the area of damage is and where it is. In other words, it's very, very individualized. 
The good news is that there are a number of different areas in the brain that usually subserve one function. So the good Lord was very clever in the sense he didn't put everything in one basket, that motor function and movement are controlled in different areas. So if one area is affected, sometimes the other areas can take over. I think what doctors are now studying is this whole issue of recovery. Now, there is technology which can look at how a person is using a limb, let's say, and then see if various kinds of treatment strategies would improve that. If you could give one piece of advice to people to reduce their chances of having a stroke, what would that one piece of advice be? It would be do it early. What happens is, you know, if you take an 80-year-old and he's in the hospital with a heart attack or stroke and you tell him to change his activity, change his diet, change his routine, it won't work. People can't really do that and the horse is out of the barn. I think the main thing is to do it very early. These disease processes start very early. There have been some studies actually on school kids in the sixth grade who, if their family had high blood pressure or were overweight or had diabetes, the kids had minor findings already. And in my own case, I had very high cholesterol years ago, and I tested my children. I had six children. Five of them had high cholesterol. So I think the message is, if you have a family history, and even really if you don't, if you start early in life, young kids and teenagers and adolescents and people in their 20s, to really look at their risk factors and start doing healthy things, it makes a tremendous amount of difference in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I think the younger you start, the better. Good information. Dr. Lewis Kaplan, the author of the book Stroke, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. My pleasure. Take care. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.